0: Welcome Browns backers, I'm Chuck Campisi joined by Tony Dick and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl,
1: anybody? 37.
0: 37. Uh, And between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick on Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, Do You Believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us on social media at BrownsBelieve. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V. Tony, not a lot happening in Brown's world this week. Uh, We'll talk about the Jordan Elliott signing. We'll talk about uh, Joku uh, demanding a trade um, via his agent. But first, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that's going around the league and in the football sphere. Yesterday, we had Pat Mahomes signing a 12-year, $503 million deal Tony, it's not often that I would say this. Uh, I think if it plays out, as it won't, uh, he will regret signing this deal because it would be for, shall I say, a half a billion dollars is too little money. Um, But within four or five years, this deal is going to get renegotiated. He's going to get even more money. Um, I don't know why you signed the 12-year deal. Um, to begin with, because you're at some point, if you're not going to negotiate with the team, like you're going to have to hold out, it's going to cause a whole bunch of problems. But um, I imagine I would not turn down signing a 12-year, $503 million deal. So I guess I get it from that standpoint.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, if given the opportunity, yeah, I probably would have signed myself. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you know, on on the flip side, um, with as much guaranteed money that's piled in there. I mean why not why not take a chance right uh, I mean yeah you, you, ha- you have no idea if you're even gonna play a season this year so um I don't know how that works out is it do you, I mean do you actually have to touch the field to get paid i mean um uh I don't know I just think it's crazy i mean the the money obviously um I think back to some of those big baseball contracts you know ten fifteen years ago where we were just blown away by a hundred million or heck I, I even remember. You know, Tom Kuzino signing that, you know, million dollar deal, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, one man, one million dollars. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I mean, times are a changing. Um, I, yeah, it, and, but certainly if you're the Chiefs, you, you're definitely going to do whatever you need to do to, to lock the kid in. I mean, he's definitely a special talent. Um, he, he's, what is he, 25 years old, and he's, he's already got an MVP, he's already got a Super Bowl ring. I mean, and, and now, He's probably got enough money. He's not gonna have to work, you know, another job after football. Probably, I would, uh, I would think. Yeah, 24,
0: 24. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so even younger. Yeah, yeah he's set. Yeah,
0: I remember. I mean, I remember um, the Kirby Puckett being the first three million dollar man, and people going crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: Could you imagine what Kirby Puckett would be worth right now? <laughs> I mean, that might be two billion dollar. Uh, player but yeah well yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's going to be interesting to see the trickle down effect of this Uh, I mean um, joking a little bit before we got on here but I mean if he's worth you know, half a billion. What's what's Baker worth? I mean, you, you know, you may be looking to read. Three Oh no, I didn't say that. I didn't
0: say that. No, uh, no, and I, I agree with. I, yeah, and I agree with a lot of the stuff that's coming out in terms of if it, you know if you follow the NFL contracts. Yeah, guys sign these big deals and long deals. Um, it's not like baseball where it's all fully guaranteed. Um, there are rollover clauses, a lot of those types of things. So when people compare it to, to Trout's. Um, you know what was it? 415 million dollar deal or whatever that he signed with the Angels. He could not play again, and that's fully guaranteed. Is you know if there's any kind of injury or anything, as long as he doesn't choose to retire or not attempt to perform, that's fully guaranteed, regardless of how good or bad he plays. Whereas the NFL, they can cut you in a heartbeat. Yes, they do owe you some money. Uh, Barnwell seems to think from ESPN, it's probably going to be end up as about a six-year, $183 million deal before any kind of renegotiation happens. And I think that's really even dependent on how well he plays the next few years. And if they go back to a Super Bowl or he wins another MVP again, I think it could be a deal that's over before even that six-year point. I think this could end up being a four-year deal or something like that. Um, with some kind of renegotiation, to, I mean, he he puts up another fifty touchdowns and MVP, another Super Bowl. Um, there's oh, yeah. not many guys uh, that have done that at that age. So, yeah, um, and it's not that he's not worth it. I mean, really, I mean, he's proven in the few years that he's been a starter that
1: he is the man. So. Um, and yeah, they could probably—they're probably, probably going to make this back in, in uh, uniform sales alone. I mean, I, I <laughs> well, those mean, are shared with the
0: league, right? Remember? Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, that's uh, the the amount you can now charge your sponsors. That's going to go up. The um, amount that they're going to be able to increase the premium tickets in the stadium and season tickets as well. Um, you know, because even if it's a small increase, even if it's five bucks a ticket per game. Well, you're looking at you know seventy five thousand people over the course of you know quote unquote ten games plus then your playoff boost, all that. Yeah, they're going to make this back uh, and make it back quickly.
1: Yeah, and, and and he's, I mean, the face certainly the face of the franchise, but I, I think probably is you know once once we get guys like Tom Brady uh, retiring, which eventually I think he will. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I mean he he slides in automatically as the face of the NFL. I mean, he is what the NFL, you know, needs right now, as far as a, a, the face of the game. He's young, talented, um, just a great person in the community. Um, he's everything that you, were, you would be looking for uh, in regard to someone that you would want to put as the face of, of your organization or, or franchise, you know, well, franchise certainly for the Chiefs, but for the league. I mean, he's the perfect star. I mean, he's just a great... Yeah, seems great like person. a great guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're having trouble right now with our numbers in youth football. He is the perfect person to alleviate that problem. Because, I mean, he's somebody that kids want to be like. And um, so, yeah, for the, uh, heck, for the Chiefs going all-in, that's one thing. But if I'm the NFL, I'm going all-in on this kid. Because, uh, I mean, he's a one-man recruiting tool for you for that youth level. Um, you know, so... I don't know. I can't say enough about him. He's yeah. a good good kid. Yeah.
0: yeah, seems great, and everything that we've seen on the field up to this point and off the field has been uh, impressive yeah. any way you look at and it. And he's
1: just getting started. Yeah, I mean, jeez. And so we move to the
0: NFL Players Association. Tony has voted or put a proposal forth, however you want to say it. They approved it with a vote, and they've put it to... Um, the NFL and the management committee there, a group of owners, they wish to cancel the preseason. So last week the NFL canceled the first and fourth preseason games, so eliminating two of the preseason games, bringing it down to two. The NFL PA says, you know what, let's just do away with the preseason. Let's not tempt fate. We're already tempting it enough, going to trying to run the season, doing what we're doing. Why are we doing these extra two travel games what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm going to be honest with yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 I've been going back and forth with this, and in the last probably two, three weeks, I'm starting to swing heavily towards us not even playing a season. I, and I, it may be a, uh, maybe viewed as a bit of an overreaction, but I think you're seeing it. And, you know, we talked last week about the cancellation of the uh, – you know, the, the uh, Hall of Fame game. Yeah, okay, that, that's an extra, that's a throwaway game. But I think w- once they were able to move that game out of the way, and then the league said, well, we'll cancel, we'll cancel one and four, as a player, and I don't fault the players for this, as a player, I mean, you're essentially getting rid of games that you didn't want to play in the first place, okay? So on their end, it's not really a hard sell for the NFLPA. Yeah. I mean, that vote probably took like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but, but for Well, the-
0: especially because it benefits, right? It benefits the veterans, right? Oh, yeah. And that's – I mean, in the Maybe. rookies, largely – I mean, we'll get to that in a minute about the yeah. Browns. Rookies. Some of them are even unsigned, so they're not even eligible to vote, yeah. right? Until you sign your contract, you're not even eligible to vote. Yeah. And, and it just keeps – I mean, if I'm a veteran – Right, And that's what unions do. They protect people that are in the union. And those guys are already in the union. Of course they're going to vote because, hey, the coach is familiar with me for the majority of teams that did not change coaches. Coach is familiar with me or at least the scouting staff and all those guys are. The likelihood of me potentially keeping a roster spot if I'm a lower level guy, if I'm a backup and and those games aren't being played, that's to my benefit.
1: Yeah, and, what, and the, the the thing is, it, it is it is beneficial for the players. I mean, it's going to give them less exposure. It's going to keep them quote unquote fresh, which I always found that funny. I mean, you're a professional <laughs> athlete, um, but but I think I think for the fans, it's 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 a two way killer. Most especially here in Cleveland, because one, you're not getting those opportunities to get those games, which I don't know if you know they probably weren't going to let fans in the building anyhow. So, you know, the whole, you know, fans who normally don't get to see a game can get into the preseason. That's, you know, that was gone away anyhow. But just the the fans' opportunity to just see this team play and to watch the team, gone. But more importantly, and we've been saying this since day one, this is a young team, this is a young coaching staff, this is a new coaching staff, um, to take away... Four opportunities for them to do things at full speed against someone other than your yeah. you know, number twos, number threes. It, it, it is detrimental, I think, for us, for a team like the Browns, who who already we had all these extra weeks of practice that were owed to us because of the new coach, because gone, of our, gone, they're gone. all gone. And, um, you know, the teams that benefit from not playing preseason games are the teams that know what the hell they're doing. So the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you know, let's do a couple more speaking engagements and have a couple more banquets, and we'll be fine. But for the Browns, I mean, we desperately, desperately need um, to get on the field and, and to and to have opportunities to play at full speed. And to lose the entire preseason, I think would it would kill our chances of doing anything special this year. And, and I know. People are going to say, well, you know, who cares? It's, a, it's about safety first. I get that. I'm just stating it's going to kill you know, if you're looking at Yeah,
0: if you're looking at it from a purely football standpoint, which is what we're doing, right, yeah. at this point. I mean, we're not getting into the, the semantics of, oh, is it right to do this or that, yeah. right? If you're just looking at it from how well is this team going to perform, when you strip away... Like you said, all of those practice opportunities and then all of those full speed opportunities, even if you're again you're not going against their ones, at yeah. least you're hey, you're going against guys that are playing for a spot that are really oh, yeah. excited. Right. It's at least an opportunity to go up against somebody that you don't see every day to yeah. figure out how well are we gonna be able to perform as we move forward in the season. And I think the Chiefs comparison is really good because it's Every team is going to essentially go into the season with that Super Bowl hangover. And yep. having been a part of the team that came into a season as the Super Bowl hangover where we didn't even make the playoffs the next year, right, it's there because everybody thinks, oh, well, hey, you know, you're know, you not going to go in with the I'm the guy, the reason we won the Super Bowl, but you're going to go in with guys that aren't as fully prepared, guys that haven't had the reps. To because they've been doing other things. Well, here, they just haven't had the opportunity to get those reps. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what else they're doing. They just haven't been able to be well, in the building.
1: I mean, well, in a, in, in a perfect comparison is, look at last year. Like, last year, we actually had preseason games. We just chose not to take them well, So yeah. yeah. and, and, and it killed the whole season. So now, we don't even have the opportunity to show up and, and, and try to prove ourselves or try to get better. I mean, we're, we're just going to be showing up week one yeah, here we, here we are. You, you know, and, and I just don't I don't see that benefiting us at all. Yeah. You know, and and you, I don't I don't think you can say that every team's coming in equal because we're not. Uh, I mean, we we are way behind um everyone else and I don't care how many virtual meetings we had or you, you know any,
0: any team that has a new head coach and specifically teams that have first time head coaches it's going to be very tough. Yeah, it's going to be a, a real challenge. So, and,
1: and, and, and to get back to my you know my dire uh, prediction that we will not have a season at all, I just, it's, I just see this thing kind of falling apart um, because I, I don't. If we're saying we're canceling these games because we're trying to limit contact, I'm thinking about just NFL locker rooms, NFL stadiums. Um thinking about practice facilities and practices. How are how are you gonna do this?
0: Well, I mean, think what, about it from the standpoint of look what's happened, right? Last week we talked about it. Morehouse, Bowden, Williams had already canceled their fall sports seasons, not just football, fall yeah. sports. So that includes cross country, you know, things like that where there's pretty significant social distancing, you're outside, all of those okay. types of things. You look at today, you know, the well the Ivy League making their announcement tomorrow but everybody's looking like they're probably pushing their entire fall sports season to spring, right? They've, Princeton has already made the announcement that freshmen and juniors are on campus in the fall and sophomores and seniors in the spring. And that's how they're keeping their students you know, yeah. socially distant. And then you look at what's happening with the leagues that are running, right? The NWSL, so the Women's Soccer League. You had one full team. You had the Orlando Pride completely pull out of the tournament. Yesterday you had FC Dallas and MLS. Again, completely pull out of the tournament because of the number of cases those two teams had. It's going to be really interesting as we move towards this end of this month and Major League Baseball is supposed to start, the WNBA is supposed to start, the NBA is supposed to start back up, the NHL. If any of those leagues or teams have to pull out for any reason – then you have to say it does not look good at yeah. all for the NFL.
1: No, and, and I know uh, uh, I probably shouldn't even let this come out of my mouth because, I mean, there's going to be people that are going to beat me up for it. But I almost feel like we should have played the spring football just so that people would have gotten this and gotten over it. I mean, I, I know that you're, you're, running, you're running you're running, the risk of, of people getting this, and, and, it, and it's a deadly virus, right? I mean, it can be a deadly virus. But when you look at the demographic that we're looking at, and most especially the demographic we're looking at and the quality of care that we're looking at now I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of just the disparity of the quality of medical attention, but I have seen guys on on a on a Friday with a flu that looked like they couldn't even move, and then on game day they're running around like you know, you know yeah. they're jacked up on Red Bull, which they may have been but um it, but it, so we have the ability and the access to to the best Probably All something these,
0: slightly stronger than Red Bull, though. Yeah, well, yeah well, <laughs> but okay. I think well, I, but I think the challenge is, I, I I agree and disagree. I think the challenge is is not knowing what the long term effects of the disease are, right? Because you're hearing a lot of stuff of, hey, there could be long term lung implications, you know, there could be long term heart implications, right? Like it's a now a vascular disease where it's you know impacting how the blood moves throughout your body. And so I think. If it was something that we knew what the long-term effects of it were, I think I would probably agree with you. But not having a great grasp of what that is, and I, believe me, I am not an epidemiologist, so I don't claim just from the stuff that I've read. State of the hall, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, that's, that's the challenge for me, right, right. is, you know, yeah, hey, if it was this thing where it was like, hey, a chicken pox type thing, where hey, you know what, some people are going to get sick and they're going to have substantial complications, um, but there's not going to be really a long-term, lasting impact on your physical health, you know, maybe right. just a scar or something on your arm, then yeah, sure, <clears throat> excuse me, fine. But <laughs> whoa, yeah. time back up, Tony. Uh, but not knowing <laughs> what that is, I think that complicates the calculus just a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think the amazing thing for me is, um, you know, when you watch the college um, numbers that are coming in, I mean, you'll have kids, uh, you know, teams will report and then they test and then they're like, oh, 23 of us have it. It's just crazy to <laughs> me that these, these kids just come rolling in yeah. and 23 yeah. of the, the pack have it. It's like, so who knows how many people do have it? I, I, well, mean, I, I, agree. I mean, my goodness. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just get, I guess, getting back to the football end of it, uh, I feel I just feel like um, a complete cancellation of the preseason from a football standpoint is not good for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it just it doesn't put us in a uh, position, I think, to make large leaps. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I think probably by the end of the season, um, you know, if we get to Week 16, 17, if we're able to get that far, I think you'll see progress in the team. But I don't think you're going to see... A leap to a playoff. Um, I, I guess unless we can keep our people healthy and somebody else's team uh, <laughs> you know, has to pull out of the playoffs. I mean, I don't know how that'll work, right? Can you pull a whole team out of the playoffs uh, in in the NFL? Well, I guess we'll see. But um, yeah, I just don't think it's good. I, I don't think it's good, but I understand why the players' union is pushing for it. I mean, if if you can uh, if you can get through and not have to play, um, it's All, awesome.
0: Although the only thing I will say is the. The schedule does do the Browns a little bit of favor in the first half, right? Yes, they do open with Baltimore, but then it's followed by Cincy and Washington at home, right? Then you're away at Dallas, okay, but then you're home against Indy. You're at Pittsburgh, then you're at Cincy, and then you're home against Vegas. All of those home games are winnable, right? Cincy, Washington, Indy, and Vegas, right? Your first eight weeks of the season. And then if you can beat Cincy on the road, Uh Even if you lose your other three road games to Baltimore, Dallas, and Pittsburgh, right, you're five and three in the first half, right? That's the only thing that kind of helps the Browns, even if they don't have the preseason, is, you know, Washington and Cincinnati are not exactly, you know, lighting it up, right? Some of the things with Indy, with, you know, hey, having Phillips Rivers is nice, but, again, if he's not going to have that time to adjust, you know, so it – I would agree with you in that great things probably aren't possible. I think they can be competitive, um, just because they were they were bad last year and they got that bottom tier schedule. And I don't think any of those bottom tier teams really improved that much right. as well. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But I would agree. I'd be hesitant to, to bet on a full NFL season being played this year, and it will be it will be challenging. It will be challenging.
1: I, I certainly I, – I'm hoping for the full schedule because when I look at what baseball and, and, and the NBA are, are trying to do right now, I don't even – it's laughable to me as a fan. Like, I don't even – the NBA thing, I don't even get it. I, I mean, I,
0: I – The NBA thing, I don't know why you just didn't start the playoffs. I mean, I get it from yeah. a standpoint of some of the owners were probably like, hey, we want a shot, we could have made the playoffs if we – but you know what? No. No, hey, it was what it was at that point call it just start the playoffs with the top 8 teams in each conference play or, the playoffs that or and that's or
1: it. or if you felt like teams needed to be in just do a just do a full like NCAA bracket and put everybody in and just you know, I don't because uh, yeah. as a Cleveland fan, I feel like we were just getting hot. I mean, uh, so it, you know, I, I don't know what the math was, but I I think we could have ripped off thirty in a row and, and, <laughs> and grabbed that. With lead. twenty games <laughs> left, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I I don't know. I just don't want to have. If we're going to have a season like that, I just think you just don't have a season. Um, yeah, it, I,
0: it'll be interesting. I mean, I I think they're gonna they're gonna try to start. I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. that. So it's, it's a matter of, I think, really what happens this next month, right, to see if anything big comes out of the 4th of July holiday, right, how smart or stupid people were um, with that. Because I can't imagine Labor Day is going to be any different than Memorial Day or the 4th of yeah. July were in terms of kind of kicking up cases. So if you're looking at starting up right after Labor Day, yeah. um, then that's, that might be a challenge for the league. So, Tony, we'll get into some Brown stuff to kind of wrap up here. Joku has asked for a trade from the team. And even as a you guy, I'm always, hey, you know what? If you don't want to be here, then get out. Uh, I don't mind guys having big and bold personalities. But when those big and bold personalities uh, infect the team in terms of unity and those types of things, and I don't even think he's that big or bold of a personality, but he's not even that big or bold of a player. So maybe he dropped the ball on this one like he's dropped the ball I, so many times on the field.
1: The uh, I, I heard I saw this the other day, and it, it made me chuckle. Um, somebody commented uh, on a post that the dream of Njoku never really matched the reality of oh. Njoku. And um, then a, a good friend of mine, Chris Valagi, had a... Uh, had a great line where he said that he is the Greg Little of tight ends, which which <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Other than the well, except for the fact I I don't want to say joke ever parked his car in handicap parking spots, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no no verification on <laughs> yeah. that. No verification. Yeah, but um, it's it's sad. It, it's it's it, I mean I, not, not that like I woke up in the middle of the night last night crying about it, but it, it's it's just sad to see a kid. With this much talent and potential. And um, you, you just really wish that he had somebody in his life that would, would had the ability to guide him a little bit better. Because this kid clearly is a, a rudderless ship. And it's too bad because he is talented. And you could see sparks of potential. But, man, I, I mean, it, it was never in clusters that potential. It was like, you know, hit or miss. And, um it's unfortunate. And the fact that he's demanding a trade, I mean, I guess on my end as a fan, I'm demanding to know why he's still here. Um, the, you know, the, just let's get this guy out of here. Move him out of here. Um, we clearly have upgraded the tight end position. Um, Would have been nice if he could have joined that crew. But if you don't want to be involved, then just go. Just get out of here. Yeah. Um, the, you know, we, we've we've got too little time to get this Right, um, you know, especially like we just said with the cancellation of everything, we you, you can't have this guy around. And I said the last, uh, I said the same thing last year. You know, you know, with some of our stars last year, it's great to have big name guys on the roster and talented guys on the roster. But if they're not, if, if we're not all pulling the rope in the same direction, you got to start cutting bait on those people because you know the reality is. The, the the window for every team is is small in this league. I mean, your opportunity to get it right is not it's not a huge window. So, why why goof around with a kid like this? I could see if you know, he's kind of, you know, if he is a Beckham, maybe you give him a little bit longer rope, but this kid from day 1 has just been he's been uh, mediocre a, a at
0: best. I mean, and that's the thing. It's I really thought he had a chance from from a career standpoint. To make this a really nice year, right? I mean, he was hurt last mm-hmm. year with the wrist injury. So he comes in. Yeah, Austin Hooper is going to be the one. But you have a perfect opportunity now because all of the focus, literally all of it, is going to be on other players. It's going to be on Beckham. It's going to be on Landry. It's going to be on Chubb or Hunt and Hooper. And if you're that second tight end, if we're running two tight end sets,
1: yeah,
0: you're the guy. Yeah. That, yes, you're going to be left into block, plenty, sure, fine. But on those times when you're not, or you're going to dummy,
1: you're going to be wide open because no one is going to care about you. And no one's going to be able to cover you. You know, when you look at his size and his athleticism, well, especially yes, you're taking the second, the second coverage linebacker is going to
0: coverage cover this guy. Yeah, you know, not even the primary linebacker that's in coverage because you know he's either on Hooper or he's spying somebody else. Yeah, and oh yeah, it would have been awesome, I think. But if you don't want to be here, then hey man, you know what? Then that's fine. Um, The Browns have already signed Harrison Bryant, their fourth round pick. Um, so it looks like for him, hey, happy days, right? You, yeah. you got a chance to really slide into that slot and make an impact as a rookie.
1: Yeah. No, so, I, you know, hopefully they can get a deal done sooner than later because you don't want to have this idiot. You know, it's, you know we went through this uh, two years ago. You know, we had our, our running back uh, screaming about how, you know he won, which I, I felt we should have probably done a better jam, a, a job of keeping him around, maybe. But um, I'd rather have him than <laughs> in Joku. But I, I mean, I think you've got to get him out of here before the team starts practicing. right? Yeah. You don't want him in the locker room at yeah. all.
0: And I think whatever you can get, take it. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't even matter at this point. I mean, if even if it's a seventh round pick, fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, so. So we'll move on. But to, to go back to that, right, we have signed Horace, Br- Harrison, Horace, Horace Grant, right? Uh, we've signed Harrison Bryant. They've signed their center, Nick Harris. They signed Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then just the other day, they signed uh defensive tackle out of Missouri, Jordan Elliott. So there's is four of these seven Browns uh, draft picks signed. Um, any thoughts on that, Tony? I mean, really?
1: No. I mean, I certainly wish we would have. You'd you want to have everybody signed, uh, but but I guess since we haven't really done anything, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I mean I, mean, that's, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It's uh, there's no real race to get everyone signed, but I you know eventually I think everybody signs. I, I don't see anybody. Um, I mean, you, at this point, you would have to be a complete moron to, um, or you would have to be lowballed, which I don't see that. I don't see the Browns lowballing anybody. I mean, I I, I think. Um, Everybody will be signed and ready to roll. I don't. I don't see any long term holdouts here. I mean, it's
0: yeah. I, I don't either. I mean, you have the two guys from LSU, right? You have Jacob Phillips, the linebacker, the other third round pick. Um, you have Grant Delpit, the second round pick, and then you have uh, Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, who are unsigned by the Browns at this point. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, I would imagine that all three of those guys have their playbooks. Um, yeah. they've been in contact with the coaches. Uh, It's just we're, you know, working out some final details. And
1: for a lot of that stuff, oftentimes it has nothing to do with the Browns' inability to sign them or the Browns being cheap or whatever. It's more a we're waiting for the dominoes ahead of us to fall. Yes. Um, You know. Yeah. So you, you're just waiting on other people to sign. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: What did the 11th pick sign for? So we know not to give the 10th pick uh, yeah. uh, less than that, but we got to give them a little more. But we want to know what the ninth pick signed for because they don't give them too much, right? And, yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll see it'll, how it will get place. done. Yeah.
1: It'll get done. Now, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I think you know, talking to people in the building is pretty much same to report as last week. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, there'll be no one in the building that doesn't belong in the building, which I'd love to be part of those meetings because you oftentimes get people who kind of feel like they should be in the building and (laughs) they're the only ones that feel that way. But, uh, which is always fun to watch them plead their case. But, uh, but no, I, I think, you know, we're, we're ready to roll once we get rolling. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, how much is gonna, you know, be allowed to happen. And, um, hopefully it's, the entire preseason, um, well, the two, well, two games, <laughs> um, it, because I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know if I want to see a season with us starting off the way we started off last year. Cause that's how I see the season starting. I, I know, I know when you looked at the schedule, you throw in your, you, you know, Washington's and you know, those games, Cincinnati's games, that look like they should be winnable. But I think if you don't have that full preseason, um, those are the kind of games you could you know let slip away and then then you're Well, and those teams are up looking up. at those games the
0: same way, right? Yeah. I mean, there's probably not a Bengals fan or a Redskins fan or a Colts fan or a Raiders fan that's looking at the Browns and saying, "Oh, that's a loss." Yeah. Right? I mean, so those games realistically until you prove you can win like the Chiefs yeah. or the Patriots or something like that that they're really 50-50 games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. It looks like if we're looking at games 2 and 4, um, well, it would have been nice to see uh, Tom Brady in his uh, Bucks gear uh, for the last preseason game up here in Cleveland, it um, looks like the Browns will head to Green Bay on Saturday, August 22nd and then face the Vikings here in Cleveland on, on August 30th. So, there'll be two opportunities. Uh, tickets as low as $7 <laughs> for that Vikings preseason game. Tony, I think that might be a little high. Um, for the Green Bay game, though, $53 for a uh, preseason game. Uh, I guess it's the lure of Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of those tickets are going to matter uh, on the when the day comes, but... Uh,
1: yeah, I just wonder what that's going to look like. I, we were talking about the other day. Do, do people still come to the Muni lot and tailgate <coughs> even if they're not allowed in the stadium? I think they probably do. But will the city... I think the city would, would stop it. crush that. Yeah,
0: I think they would put up barricades and, and not allow that to happen. I, I think that's... I don't
1: know. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, that seems part for the course. Because we do have a mayor who is trying to shut down all commerce inside the uh, <laughs> city limits. So that, that would that would make sense.
0: So I, th- I think, I mean, I think it's what's going to happen at the college towns, too, right? I mean, I think you're going to have to do something like that. I mean, if you're not letting people in the stadium, I can't see it yeah. being, uh, you know, intellectually congruent, right, to say, hey, you know, you can't congregate in our facility, but, um, you know, 80,000 of you can congregate in yeah. less space outside of our, right outside of our stadium. Um, so, So, we'll see. Well, that's all we got for your Browns backers. Tune in next week to Believe in the Browns. I'm Chuck Campisi with Tony Dick, and we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Again, you can find us on social media at BrownsBelieve. That's at BrownsBelieve.